Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Some Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and with me as always, DJ Mark. So, No Lavender Gooms this week. He will be here next week, but next week, no DJ Mark. Yeah, going to be missing a full crew for a sec. Well, let me tell you. So, like, you know, we really planned this shit ahead. So, definitely didn't come up with this idea this morning where we were going to have, um, what does Mike call him? The Inferno? You know, I call him, I call him the camp. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yuri <laughs> Jr., who free previous um, guest of the podcast, we, we saw if he could step in uh, this week and next week. Man's got plans this week, but he'll be there next. Be here next week for really entertaining podcast. I'm amusing. I'm assuming, given the three people we got going on that one. But until then, Mark, you and me, we're gonna talk about fucking fight sports Palooza happening this Saturday. Um, we got sure. UFC 291 coming to you from Salt Lake City, a thing we just do every year now. Send a pay-per-view to Salt Lake City. Um, why not? Fucking why not? Good point. Um, got that happening. We got probably a fight. I think it's definitely going to actually determine who's the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world, pound-for-pound boxer in the world. Um, Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford going to throw down on Showtime. Also that day, earlier in the day, is Bellator vs. Ryzen. That event's happening as well. Oh, cool. And um, just rounding out this whole week, we talked about it um, last week, but Naoya Inoue is uh, taking on uh, Stephen Fulton. Or Stephen Fulton? Stephen Fulton. Mm-hmm. Over that, in... That'll happen by the time you hear this. Unless you are really listening to this shit early. Which I don't know if that people I mean, would exist. Post? What I mean, time is this podcast going to air? Like 10 p.m. Pacific time. <laughs> Probably. Oh, tonight? Yeah. If I post it like. Oh, okay. I, yeah. But well, it's, then, I, yeah, I you, think it's like. If you said it, you think it's, it's going to be like at 5 a.m. ish tomorrow, right? Yeah. It's going to be early Pacific Coast time. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine, yeah, four or five. It might have ended. So I'm imagining when I get up, it'll be done and I can go to ESPN and just. Hopefully, just watch the fight very smoothly and just see. When I wake up, I think it's just going to be not have happened yet. I'm being optimistic, but anyway, we're going to talk about a pretty loaded UFC card headlined by a real silly uh, title, but a really good fight. Um, Vacant BMF title. We're just saying words now that don't mean anything, huh, Mark? Just vacant BMF title. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it weeks prior. About I think people have different qualifications qualifications of what would make you a bmf contender and while you know i i can understand why these two guys are there i mean it's a fantastic fight i mean it's so good they've already done it before but just before we get to the do these people deserve it which I feel these two gentlemen definitely do in my opinion at least i thought this was just a fun thing we did one time and is nate diaz yeah. gonna get a check for coming up with this idea not even the, i mean mm. Is it him or Jorge Masvidal? Someone should get a check. Whoever is the one who came up with this idea of the belt. 
should get a check. Yeah, That's all it, I'm it was a fun idea in the time. For me, I with those two particular guys, I always antiquated this as like a bad motherfucker is a guy that will hit you in the street. <laughs> like if you mess with Jorge or Nate in the street and you say some effed up crap to them, they might hit you in the face. Like I feel like these two gentlemen, Dustin and, and Justin are well adjusted enough to be like, yo, I can't be getting in street fights. I'm a professional fighter. I it's, have it's some like with, uh, It's like with uh, Wonder Boy Thompson who wants to fight for the nicest motherfucker title. You know, that he, makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, look. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, either way, yeah. this card is full of really good fights, honestly. Um, yeah, when they announced it, it was stacked. It was like, whole okay, main this is- card uh, is interesting. Only one of the fights make me sad. Um, the prelims. A lot of good stuff on the prelims, too, man. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of young people were interested in. I mean, the early prelims, I know Miranda, I mean, okay. Miranda Maverick should probably send Priscilla Cashwara home permanently. Just not to pick on her, but I don't know how she's still in the company. Um, before that, we're going to talk a little news. We're going to talk about UFC being in England because Marcus, Tommy Aspinall. Good yeah, at the fighting. That? Good at the fighting. What did we see from Mr. Aspinall headlining an event? Which, I mean, I thought the betting odds were crazy, but because of the, it was a tall order, I thought to fight Marcin Tybura after not fighting for a year. Well, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, what, do you, what do you think we saw? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think, you know, when we were talking about it last week, it didn't seem unreasonable. I mean, Marcin Tybura is like, he's a quality heavyweight, and he's had a good run here. So for have, having Tom jump back in, it, it didn't necessarily seem like, okay, like this is insurmountable. Like this is a guy before his injury. It definitely would have been, I would have think made, you know, easy work of Marcin. But with an injury like that and just that type of injury with how Tom performs, you really don't know how it's going to affect him. So it did seem like, okay, this is kind of, you know, jumping him back in. It's, it's going to be a, a stiff test. We're going to see, you know, how he recovered, how he looks in the octagon now. But like, for me personally, it was look. I, I remember seeing Tom being impressed with him, and within ten seconds of this fight, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. This dude's on a completely other level. This is kind of like I, I you know, I don't want to throw around like generational talent or something like that, but he's he's something unique and special in this weight division, and it really is that speed, that footwork, his distancing, his shot placement, um, and just kind of going after because he he was you know you might think with an injury like this he might be a little you know, gun shy a little bit. He might wait for Marcin to make a mistake and capitalize on, but he came right after him. Dude, that first big, kick, heavy, bro. Kick. That kick, the first one. And, I'm like, oh, okay, my man's serious. And, <laughs> and that's and that's the the type of technique. It wasn't exact. It was a kick that caused his injury in his last fight. He threw a low kick. It didn't land quite right, and then he busted his knee. And you know, for him to come out and kind of make a statement like, "Yo, these weapons are still here." Ultimately, didn't rely on the kicks. He really relied on his hand, and it was, I think, the most impressive thing for me was his footwork just how quickly he was on his feet how he was getting in and out of the pocket and then ultimately he landed a perfect right straight basically flatline marcine for a second he woke up on the way down finished it with some ground and pound honestly the ground and pound finishing was in my, in my estimation was a little bit weak i think the referee i mean how marcine fell down because he basically he's he was unconscious on the way down and when his butt hit the canvas he kind of woke back up and he was kind of if it was a title fight, we'd all be a little bit annoyed. That's my takeaway. Yeah, it seemed a, it seemed a little early, but it was like it, he clearly got rocked. And it, so at the end of the day, it was totally fine. But it really just put Tom right back on the map. And you're like, after a year delay and then 
you know, the injury, it's kind of like, well, you know, you, it, for me personally, I was like, I kind of forgot, like, how good really when, is this guy? When he threw in, sorry, buddy, when he threw in the uh, standing mm -hmm. elbow and he kind of right. tripped a little bit, did you have a moment where you're like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I thought for a second the knee went. Like, you, like, stumbled on the, that standing elbow. No, but sometimes when you see these guys throw kind of a little bit unorthodox technique, especially when they're doing well, you kind of, I always get a little nervous, like, okay, cool it down. Like, cause I can't remember, we were watching a fight the other week where guy was like throwing these kind of like elbows and stuff. It might've been uh, Rodriguez Yair when he was fighting, he was kind of throwing crazier stuff. And it's like, okay, you know, you're getting a little too crazy or something, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to overexert yourself or get overconfident. Um, so that was, I, I didn't, I didn't notice anything I thought was prone to injury necessarily, but yeah, Tom just looked great. He just, Dude, he really I'm, just solidified himself. There's some dudes at this weight class, like yes. him. I mean, real quickly, let me pull it up. Sergey. Um, I mean, there's a lot of Sergeys, but we're talking Pavlovich. Pavlovich. Pavlovich, of course, yeah. So right now we're talking, we got John Jones, number one contender, Sergey. Number two is Cyril Gone. It's going to take a lot for him to get another title shot, if we're being honest with ourselves. Um, yeah. Stipe, number three, Curtis Blades. Man, I wanted to see Curtis Blades and Tom, man. That was that sucked. We really mm -hmm. would have learned some stuff. Then yeah. it's Tom at five. I don't know if this has been updated. Then it's Tuivasa, Alexander Volkov. Sergey Spivak is nothing to fucking sneeze at. Jolton Almeida. There's another one right, right. there. Yeah. Tabora is 10. Like, you know. Then we got like, I mean, I'm just saying, there's some boys. I mean, I like how they cut Blagoy, by the way, and Blagoy's still on the rankings. No one checks this thing. <laughs> they don't check this at all. Um, the question is really, buddy, I mean, is John Jones gonna be around to fight any of these guys? Like, I get the I think John might be going home. I think Stipe's going home either way. I think John might be going. I mean, unless I think if John loses, he does not going home. But I think John is. I think John's done. I don't know. Do you think he's going to stick around to fight? Like John Jones beat three generations of light heavyweights. Basically, he beat the old guard. He beat his current guard, and he was in the middle of whooping, uh, beating up the the new class, right? With Reyes and mm -hmm. Thantos and all those guys, right? He's gonna. He wants to keep. I mean, I don't know. Do you think he wants to keep doing this? Does it, he be goes out there and beats the greatest heavyweight of all time? What does he got? I mean, he's already won two belts. What are we doing? Like, what does he have to prove at that point? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I mean, I I understand your your point, and it, it really and it he's been kind of inactive. You know, there's been a lot of years where he's not fighting super concurrently. So it really, I I do wonder. I mean, yeah, what what is there to prove? I think is a great question. I think that's ultimately what would lead him not to potentially want to continue, especially because he would have solidified himself, right? If he beat Stipe, it's like, look, everyone wanted me to go up to heavyweight for years. Um, I finally did it his way. You know, he got the muscle mass. He found a good opponent that he was able to just roll over with gone. You know, Stipe on paper should be a, a more difficult challenge for him. If he looks really good in that fight and just he steamrolls Stipe, maybe he wants to prove a point, but you're right. There's a, now there's a new generation of heavyweights coming through. And the problem is, is like they seem more difficult. And I mean, I, I think what's so interesting about the three guys we mentioned, Tom, Pol Polovich and Almeida is like these are really talented heavyweights. And like that's something this division has kind of lacked. It's not to say like Stipe wasn't talented. Stipe is a very talented fighter or DC, you know, but these guys really have like high well, we, we, we talk about it, right? How, like, if you are a super athlete. Are you going to do the sport that pays you 50 grand and 50 grand? Or maybe is that your eighth choice after you tried all the other ones? You know what I mean? Like you, it doesn't well, draw as many. Not that they're not all talented. It's just there's a smaller pool to choose from, you know, in terms of finding sure. talent. 
we had a we had a there was a time and, and we'll we'll talk about him later because he's coming on this upcoming card where like Derek Lewis was a title contender and like look we love the guy he's a fun character he goes out there he does have a lot of skill you know and I, I try to always say like he has a lot of the basics down and just has a lot of heart and determination is able to get things done especially when he's off his back like he's able to get back up I've been really impressed without his career but like he was not ever a guy that seemed like I had a high skill level and now we're seeing like Tom's skill level on his feet is phenomenal on the ground he's amazing uh Polo Pol- I'm, I'm sorry I always Pavlovich. mess up Sergey Pavlovich Pavlovich's power his shot placement is great and then Almeida is a fantastic grappler in his own right so we have this new generation and the problem is like the talent is there. Their drawing power is not right. So like if John Jones is going to stick around, like is his payday is going to be that big when he's the big draw and doesn't have a, a dance partner that a lot of there's people like, are there's like, there's like nothing about. to gain. Like if he's not going to, I mean, I'm sure he's going to get paid. I mean, everybody's right. getting paid, right? I mean, he's going to get, they're paid. all going to, I mean, he's going to get paid. Well, you know, he's not, no one's making what they deserve. Let's just put that across the board, but he is except big Francis shout out. But um, I mean, that's the thing is like, I think that's that's the only thing. If I was John Jones at the end of the day and I wanted to prove something, if there was someone out there that I wanted to fight, it would be potentially uh, Francis Ngannou. And we'll also see where Francis is after John Jones' fight with Stipe. Because, look, if he fights Tyson Fury and let's say he gets not just mollywopped, but gets like beaten to an extent that he is not the same man anymore, maybe that fight is less appealing. He's, but I mean, he's got one. the PFL check coming, too. That coming, that's just right. that coming. Look, if anybody, if everybody really wanted to, both these shows are on. I, I, someone, Dana White said like this is impossible, but fuck you, it is. All right, it's ESPN. They're ESPN both on. They're both on ESPN. Fingers, come on, B- uh, Big, Big Bob Iger that- when he's done, you know, curb stomping DeSantis, you know, and then in the meantime saying stupid stuff about the writers. He's got time. Bob, you want to book a fucking super fight? You know, let's make it happen. Okay. Ugh, yeah. That would be so insane, but we'll see. The UFC should be ashamed of themselves, man. They had they had three years to book this. They had John sitting at home for three years. Yeah. Three yeah, years. They just couldn't, couldn't get it done. They so. never got this. They never got us Mighty Mouse moving up. They never, I mean, I know it's not the same thing, but they didn't get us John versus Anderson. They didn't get us Anderson versus George. Shout out to BJ Penn having balls the size of, I mean, he's a crazy person now, but BJ Penn not giving us flying fuck how big you are, bro. Like, didn't work. Izzy. Gotta Izzy. give it to Izzy. He went Izzy. up and fought Jan. Oh, I'm going to talk about that fight when we get to the, <laughs> the picks because Volk. I mean, I, you, you got to give a lot of credit to these yeah. guys going up. And, and to be fair with John, like, that's the biggest jump. No, I mean, like, like we, we have, like, I'm saying we got, ones, like, but... these, like, these goats. Not goats, but like, we have these, like, gen- these, like, Volkis. But, like, mm-hmm. have these, I mean, if, I mean, Connor did it, but, like, Connor also and just. Connor moved all over the place. God yeah. bless Connor for that, man. I'm going to say this right now. I never once thought Connor's depriving me of the fight I'm trying to see. Connor's trying to get me that fight, man. Connor just, uh, Connor's trying to book the fights that are going to be good for me. He's not out there like, I don't know. It's not like, man, Connor didn't Connor didn't fight that one guy I wanted to see him to fight, man. Man was hunting Jose Aldo in the lightweight title. I, mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight this Chandler fight. They seems to be dragging their feet on this well, one Well, I mean, they should probably bit, have signed that before they put him on point, the reality show. Yeah, at this point, it's kind of whatever. Oh, by you the know, way, Connor side note. Wants, the fact that, like, the same, by the way, Ariel pretty much confirmed they announced John John Jones and Stipe that day. Like, they already had it, but they announced mm-hmm. it early right. to distract from the Francis thing. Of course. Then Chandler tweeted, like, a Christmas tree that day, too. And I thought that meant we were about to get a fight book between him and Connor. And no, I'm like, no, no. he's wishing. Did they just, like, hey, Mike, well, we're going to give you, like, five grand? So if you want to tweet this, he's like, I'm not fighting anybody. I'll take the five grand. No problem. Got to. I, got to on, I saw Michael Chandler having a YouTube channel. I'm like, just get this guy a fucking fight, man. 
Yeah. He should have been barking for that lightweight championship. Um, yeah, man, there's such a mark. He has such little to gain. I mean, John does have such little to gain right here. If he does it, cool. Yeah, we'll Basically. see. Um, all right, co-main event. Um, I'll be nicer about this than I was this weekend when I was talking to you guys and this morning. Sure. Molly McCann embarrassed herself. That was a trash yeah. performance. That was... She is like, I'm moving down now to 115. Cool. She fought a person who, if she wasn't fighting Molly McCann, I think they would have cut her. I think they viewed her as an opera, as someone Molly K. McCann can style on. And I guess I the mean answer, the record. The record is not anything too. She be lost like four about. or five, right? I mean, look, I don't want to shit on Stereolenko too much, but like we know, we talked about it. Like they 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 put this fight together for Molly to do her stuff, you know, fight a. And I mean, look at it, it. It is one of these things, you know. Styles make fights sometimes. Julia obviously really if, good if on the nobody ground. Nobody saw it. Molly got taken down and armbarred in less than two minutes. I mean, I think I think really the most impressive thing was again. I don't even remember who was in the booth this time. Like the booth, and, and I think just looking stylistically, like it's like this is going to be the strategy. Uh, Julia has a lot of range. She's a decent kickboxer. Felder and Bisping. Yeah, Felder and Bisping. They're like, look, she's going to work on the outside. You know, Molly is going to be the shorter fighter. She's going to have to come in when she tries to engage and get in the pocket. Julia's going to try to take her down, initiate a grappling exchange, and get her with an armbar. And that is like per capita exactly what happened in this fight. Like Julian was doing a good job on the outside, using her leg, leg, uh, low kicks to kind of pepper Molly from the outside. And then once Molly overexerted with a big right hand, she ducked under, got a fairly easy takedown, got her back, went straight for the arm, got the arm bar, and you know made it look very simple. It made it look like you know that was the game plan executed to a T. Really didn't have any problem with Molly. Molly really didn't put up much defense. It, it was it was a poor showing for sure. I thought honestly, it was this girl um, or this woman um, has like six or seven armbar finishes. Yeah. By the way, they called it her specialty. She hadn't landed. She only landed one of those fucking things in the UFC. Just wasn't like she was Ronda Rousey yeah. out there. Her, her yeah. UFC career has not been particularly great. A lot of this losing. was a good performance. A lot of losing. Her record is two armbars now and a lot of losing. Four losses besides that. Um, the fact that she got put down. Like, just because the girl can grapple when she's down there doesn't mean you should let her. I don't know. I thought that was bad on every level. I thought it was bad. And quite frankly, I think the UFC has sold the general public, who doesn't know better a lot of these things, a fucking false bill of goods. That, like, somehow this is, like, a co-main event quality thing. Like, she's a attraction. Like, it's like when they put Patty as the co-main event of a pay-per-view. He's not good enough. You know, you, you aren't, like... If look, if she was fighting, um, uh, give me somebody who's in the Jessica Andrade. Well, I'm like, okay, yeah, Jessica Andrade is like part is one of the reasons this deserves to be a co-main event. This is a co-main event entirely on her on her back. It's like when mm. they put like Patty and uh, what's that kid's name that beat him, Jared Gordon. Yeah, right. as like a co wasn't that the co-main event of a pay per view? Mm, no, I don't think. I think it was. It was like. One of the first it, two fights of the paper. I, don't think I thought it was a worst case the third. Anyway, they put that there. Where I'm just like, this is not okay. a pay-per-view fight. Like, this is not this. So you're putting it on the back of this one guy's stardom. And I know that, like, we like getting the fucking barstool attention. And we all, if there's a group of dudes who who are all who are all white and support the ex-president, there's an opportunity to get their get get, uh, get attention from them. The UFC is running towards it. Okay, I get it. But like, I don't know, man. She's not good enough to be in a co-main event of anything. Not in this company. Yeah, 
I mean, so far, look, in, in both those examples, it was like, okay, we're, we're testing out, you know, new talent. Let's see how they do with kind of the lower echelon of the talent pool. And they did well. You know, both Patty and Molly were able to beat, you know, those low strung guys and guys and gals. Now, you know, then they threw Molly against Aaron Blandfilch, right? And we knew that was a huge mistake. Um, we knew the skill level wasn't there. So we weren't surprised with that result, right? And now this seemed to be like, let's knock her back down to that previous level where we saw like the talent really wasn't there. The name recognition was really wasn't there. And she got completely obliterated, right? And if you look at Patty, it's like, okay, Jared Gordon was like not even nearly a step up to like you compare Gordon to Blanchfield, right? Oh, no, this Blanchfield was way looks worse. like a rising. This star. was way worse than that. <laughs> well, sure, sure, sure. But then like and but he he did win the Gordon fight, you know, mm. regardless of how you, you want to say, like he got the W at the end of the day, but like his stock greatly diminished because of it. You know, for Molly, this really was on paper, a fight that she needed to win. Like this girl has not done well in the UFC. This is bringing her back to her, you know, her uh, home country, you know, fighting in her backyard. She needed this win. She looked really bad. And yeah, it is very questionable now. Like, I don't think she gets cut just because she is a big star. But it is like, what can you really do when she can't get past a hurdle like this? And it, it becomes very limiting. You're, we're going to find a 150-pound per 15-pound person she can beat, right? When next time they go to England? England? I mean, I, I guess the thing is, like, isn't she's she like, down weight. Isn't she our age? Like, is she not that young in this game that she's going to all of a sudden cut weight? Honest, like, that's know. not the solution to fucking her. everything, man, in this sport, man. Like, well, we do, have, we do have a fight later in this card where that seemed to be the good move for one of these combatants. So we'll get into that in a second. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that was... I just, I like, I know I might be like, this might not be reflect the realities of what this company is now, but like, you put someone in the main event, you put someone in the co-main event, you put them on the poster, like, you're telling me I got to give these people attention. Like, that's what that means. And we had a, we had that fucking gift they gave Sean Strickland against the guy who no one even knew who the fuck he was in the main event a couple weeks ago. I just, what are we, I mean, this is in front of people. I mean, they had a hard time yeah, selling tickets to this event. thing. I think they sold it out eventually, but, like, they had a hard time selling tickets. I wonder fucking why. Like, you know, there was some interesting shit, but, like, with the prices, the UFC charges for stuff now. Yeah, very true. Um, All right, um, Nathaniel Wood, Andre Feely. I don't remember if I really thought Nathaniel won or if I really thought Andre Feely won. I just maybe a minute into the fight, I'm just like, this guy has no business in his weight class. He has no business in this weight class. I he's not big. He won. Good for him. Um, mm -hmm. better fucking win. But Andre Feely was was hitting him a lot, specifically in that second round. And Andre's not right. the, like Andre's a a well rounded fighter. He's a decent. I would say Andre's a best case eleven to fifteen in this weight class. Probably not fighter. You know, eleven to fifteen best case Andre. Mm -hmm. And he's not exactly measuring distance out there like he's Anderson Silva. And he was like, he's five foot eleven versus five foot seven. Like you should, you can't be a five foot seven featherweight. Like it's not. You got to be like, it's not good enough. And uh, you're out there calling yourself the prospect. I don't think this was the answer. I mean, he looked, he looked. It was a fun fight. I had a really good time watching it, Mark. To be honest, um, mm. I just thought like, because I think he missed. Did he miss weight? Or I don't know. I just don't like him. I, he's been at featherweight now three in a row. I still don't like it. I don't know what he's doing. I don't think he's big enough. You know, he's bantamweight champion at Cage Warriors. Sure. Huh? What? Like you beat Charles Rosa, Charles. I mean, okay, you're getting wins, but we'll see. Um, 
And then uh, Paul Craig, man. Yeah. Paul Craig, either Paul Craig is just a beast. Of, I mean, that was fun. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. He he didn't tap out Andre Muniz. I thought he had at first, but uh, yeah, he was ground and pounded. He ground and pounded him. That was. I didn't like. I didn't necessarily wasn't necessarily thrilled with this idea, Marcus. If I'm being honest with you, um, because I was thought like this guy takes a lot of damage to begin with, and I'm not sure depleting himself of, you know, water being able to take more is yeah. gonna make a lot of times that doesn't the chin doesn't follow you down there. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't know. Would he beat a top twelve guy? I think something like that. Whatever Muniz was. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like he was able to assert himself a little bit more, and it could be because. He's a little bit bigger, right? He's a bigger middleweight. Um, you know, I, I didn't get to see this fight, so I I just read the results. And it seemed like, you know, he was able to initiate some takedowns. He was able to get the fight to the ground, which is something that, you know, we've seen in some of his other fights when he couldn't do that with um, Ozdemir. He kind of just shut down. He just went to butt scoot and just kind of gave up the fight and didn't really have a backup strategy. So maybe middleweight is the right move for him, right? Because usually when someone's kind of struggling in, in their weight class and they end up, Moving down, it's like, well, maybe this is a call for help. But sometimes, you know, it, that could be the right call. And Andrew Muniz, on paper, I thought would be the better stand-up striker. And, you know, on the mat would be a really compelling fight. And it did seem like, you know, rolling around, it was a really good one there. But, you know, Paul Craig is a big guy. When he gets on top of you, he can do a lot of damage. You know, he's gotten some TKO wins that way and was able to to pound it out here, too. So good for, move for him. We'll see where he goes. I think I think I saw he he's challenging Bo Nickel, which is an interesting call out. Um and would be an, a very interesting test for Bo Nickel. That I might mean. be a I don't know. I don't know if that's a too big? Maybe. I don't know. He's ranked. Does they haven't updated the rankings because Paul Craig's still sitting at nine at light heavyweight. I don't know. I just sure. want Bo Nickel to fight somebody like whose name I've heard of. Right. I, I think it would be I, I, I'm almost, I'm hesitant to say like it would be too big of a jump for Bo. I'm not Bo saying he can't fantastic. win. I just think like it's a big jump. We're handling this well so far. Well, I think it's a little slow. But he's had two fights. Like, I, I, he, but I thought he had a. Wasn't there a contender fight? Are we counting that too? Like nobody saw that. I yet. know. I know this guy's good enough. Like I don't need any more can crushing. I'm sold. I, I think, but see like him this isn't like he, it's not like he's Brock Lesnar, and we're like, okay, we already know who he is. Let's fucking put him in the main event. Like we do this right. Well, this is no main event. This is Paul. Kramer. No, but no, I mean, like, I mean, they, 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 where do you, where do you, two times in a row we've asked money to watch this guy fight though. For Paul, yeah, for the I guy mean, look, it, it, and Paul has a lot of fights too. Um, so it, it would be a big jump up. But this is kind I'm of just saying, like, I when your Bo Nichols is doing all his Bo Nichols shit, and it's like. Now it's four minutes in and Paul Craig is still there. I'm not saying he can't win. I'm just saying, like, I think we're doing this well so far. I'm just like, I'm, I'm not saying, Paul, I mean, if they do Paul Craig next, I don't think it's egregious. But I think there's something in between to Paul Craig, him and Paul Craig. Sure. I, I think it's like some other guy, Paul Craig, somebody in the back half of the top 10, maybe at that point, if he's still icing all these people. But sure, we'll see. Um, I don't remember... A lot of this, a lot of this other one, except for uh, what there was one. There was a, the Roberts and Parsons fight was a lot of fun. That I remember watching. Johnny, uh, Danny, Rob, Johnny Parsons and Danny Roberts. Uh, that was a good time. Oh. Yeah, that was nice. a fun time. Um, we'll see, man. They got fifteen thousand people, two and a half million dollar gate, which uh, in terms of mat, in terms of per ticket. Divided by 50. 
$167 a seat to watch Molly McCann lose in less than two minutes? Sure, I mean, there's some, you know, prices will vary. That, I mean, man, the, the ticket price was entirely on two people's names. Tom Aspinall yeah, and Molly McCann, so. It's a tough card to, especially when you have so many cards like this at Apex, you know, this is, I, I would say this card was a little better than, like, an Apex card, but it would have been, in like, a good Apex Yeah, no, I think, so I think, I think, if, you, I think if you just had a real co-main event, it would have been less, I think, like, anyway. I'm yep. real harsh, but it is what it is. Um, all right, some news. Um, not a lot going on. No, not a ton. I mean, we got a big. I think when a big pay per view is coming up, you know, there's not a lot of. We don't need to book stuff. Maybe it's time for the promoter to promote a little bit. God forbid. Um, we don't do that. Sorry, anymore. I didn't see a ton. Yeah, I didn't see a this ton. Is, of it's news the uh, Black this Panther week. meme. We don't do that here. We don't promote. You know, that's, that's what this was going on now here. Yeah. They don't do anything. Um, Big friends are making between thirty and forty million. Marcus, thirty and forty million is what we're thinking. Is the yeah, guess? Yeah, I mean, we, me and Mike thought low ten because he said what? Between, well, I think that's like, like the guarantee. I think the guarantee is like okay. ten or ten to fifteen million. Um, I think thirty and forty. I mean, for potentially what the pay per view buy is going to be. What is it going to be? This is in Saudi Arabia. Like, what time are we going to be watching this thing? That's the point. And this we're buying not this thing, be, aren't we? Like, let's just not lie to ourselves. Are we buying? If Francis is getting a cut, it's like with the Nate Diaz one, man. If they're getting a cut. Yeah, the thing is, like, this is not going to be a 60, 70. This is going to be an 80, 90 uh, we think dollar. So? Do we know how and much Nate Diaz, Jake Paul, what even is? I, I think it's like 50 bucks. That's... I'd, hey, that, hey, I, give the UFC, that. I give the UFC 80 American dollars. Like three. By the way, this is the second pay-per-view in a, three weeks. Like, what are we doing here, UFC? Is this necessary? Yeah. Just... Mm. These fights are too good. We can't we can't afford to give away for free, huh? Um, mm. All right. Um, uh, the, the former UFC welterweight champion slash domestic terrorist Pat Militich is fighting again. Um, I really like that oh, Mike Jackson called him a domestic terrorist. That made me laugh. Um, called out a Jan Sixer for being a Jan Sixer. So now we're going to fight. And, and, and where are they fighting? I want to say they're actually fighting in Legacy. Like okay. legacy, I thought you're better than this. Maybe not. It might be somebody else. <laughs> is it bad? Not. I don't know the last time Pat fought. It's probably been it was like an IFL, maybe, which was probably like 15 years ago. I still think he might be able to beat. <laughs> I mean, Mike. I don't know. Is Mike? Did Mike do that bad? And is not Mike? And is not? Not really. But he just beat CM Punk. But he beat somebody like else too, didn't he? I thought. I thought he beat someone before. So Pat's that, so 55. His last fight oh my was. Pat Militich's last fight was that he came back in 2008. He fought once in IFL, got choked by uh, Henzo. Then he fought okay. Thomas Denny. Oh, I forgot. Thomas Denny, man. What are we up to? Yeah. December 2008 at Adrenaline MMA 2. Okay. And uh, Mike Jackson is... He got an interesting UFC record, man. <laughs> Just putting it out there. He got choked oh, by yeah, Mickey Gall. He had a no contest with CM Punk because he had all the weed in him. Oh, then he won right. a fight by uh, eye, eye gouge because the other guy really <laughs> cheated. And then he got knocked out a minute and a half in a different fight. You're right. This may not go so well. But Pat Middleton is 52 years old, so he hasn't fought in well over a decade. So, and yeah. I still think... Hopefully bad things happen. Aye, to aye, Pat. Aye. Hopefully Pat, just bad things happen to him in this fight. Um, 
All right, let's just talk about this card because uh, UFC is going to be in Salt Lake City. Um, yeah. There's some stuff going on here. There's a lot of interesting fights. We're going to go through it. We're going to start off with the rematch between Dustin, the Diamond Poirier, taking on Justin Gaethje. Um, this fight happened long ago than I thought it had, Mark. Uh, five years. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it was. That I thought it long just ago, happened. But... Like I felt this was like in the last two years. This shit went down. Um, they fought in April 2018. Um, main evented a uh, free card on Fox. So the UFC is like, we fucked up on that one. We got to get eighty dollars from people this time. How do we do that? Let's just let's just put a fake title on there. Um, fake title on the line. BMF title. Hopefully they let um, Jorge Masvidal at least put the belt around somebody. I don't know. I don't care. I don't know. Get, get, someone get get Jorge fifty bucks. All right, they took his belt from him. Um, betting odds for this one, Marcus. Um, Gaethje slight underdog plus one twenty five to Dustin minus one forty five. Where is Mister Sanchez in this one? I think he had Poirier. Poirier and uh, the standings wise, how badly is he kicking our ass? He's up. Uh, let me see here. He's up three on me, five on you. Fuck me. All right. One of us got. We can't let him win. That's the only. This whole thing is only fun if he loses. Okay. <laughs> if he wins, yeah, that's ruin all the fun. I mean, look, we're only we're a little past halfway point, but like, yeah, he's he's getting a bit of a stretch on us. So okay, I'm um, make some good picks here. I got I got Poirier. I saw this fight mm-hmm. once. I he won. He finished him, didn't he? Yeah, he did finish him. It was a choke. Uh, it a choke he that he pounded him out. Did he choke him? He pounded him out. Yeah. Um, okay. Gaethje, uh, Gaethje's, uh, the UFC gave him a, let's see if he's still a good fight. Not that Fazave is not good, but it felt like we booked that fight to see, uh, is it time to make use of Gaethje's name losing to a younger guy? And Gaethje's like, nope, I'm winning this shit. Uh, Poirier, um, he's coming off a win over Michael Chandler back in November. Uh, before that, he lost a championship fight to Mr. Charles Oliveira. And he beat Conor McGregor a bunch of times in there, too. Uh, he's won four of five fights. Um, actually, four of six, and those two losses are title fights. Um, honestly, Gaethje's just... I mean, uh, Poirier's just gotten so good, man. Like, his, his losses are few and far between at this point. Um, so, yeah, I got I got Poirier getting it done here again. And I think it's going to get finished because I don't want either one of these guys to go 25 minutes. It's a lot of time for this type of fight. What about you? Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. It's always hard to pick a rematch and think that, you know, the guy that lost previously is going to be able to to make those adjustments, especially because Dustin has seemed to still have asserted himself very well. You know, um, unfortunately, you know, his fight with Charles didn't go well, um, but he was able to bounce back and get a win after that. And, you know, I, I honestly have always thought like those two big Connor wins really put a lot of, you know, wind underneath his sails. You know, not that he didn't already have that. He was already, you know, before even those fights, you know, considered to be one of the top guys. But I think that really solidified himself. He knows he's kind of a big star now. Um, I mean, stylistically, this fight's going to be fun. I mean, that's why they're throwing this belt on it. We, we've seen this fight. It's a great fight. These guys are two guys that really come out there and will throw hands and, you know, put on an entertaining performance. I do just think Dustin, I mean, they, they, they both have a lot of skills and tricks. But I do think Dustin with his, uh, you know, how he switches his stances and stuff. Causes a little bit more confusion in the exchanges. Um, the you know, line I like is closer it. than I thought it would be. 
Not that I thought mm-hmm. it would be like minus. I thought it'd be like they beat him and he finished him. And I think most people agree that in that time, Gaethje is maybe not as come as far as Dustin. I mean, this was was this Gaethje one when he fought Dustin the first time, or when Gaethje like came back <laughs> I, and kind of got his stuff together, or like at some point there, like yeah, there was some kind of two version. It was when he beat was... up James. Oh, so you know what? He lost to Eddie Alvarez and Dustin back to back to back, and people are like, "Man, you got to block right. some shit." And then he embarrassed James Vick in a minute and a half, and then he went on that run. So I guess this is a Gaethje two point I mean, it was mm-hmm. Gaethje one point the first time, but yeah, I just think it's man. I'm. I think you're. I think we just got to go with Poria here, though, right? I mean, it's just seems like it's just the, it's a smart move. I think it's a, it's a tactical pick. I mean, I think if you pick Justin, hey, the guy can get it done. He swings. He's got good leg kicks. He's got good wrestling. He has, you know, a lot of attributes on his side. He's very tough. He could take a hit. Um, but at the end of the day, it is difficult to roll the dice on that one and think he's going to be able to get it done this time. I think it's it's going to be competitive. He absolutely, it's in totally within the realm of possibility. I think it's just a little risky of a pick. The uh, official betting advice here from me is fight goes over two rounds. Possibly three, quite point. frankly, the way these guys fight. Um Co-main event. Uh, I guess we're not putting the belt on, on the line here, right? I guess we're not. Um, Doesn't seem like it. Jan Blahovich. Uh, by the way, co- uh, that main event. You got to think the winner's getting a title shot, right? I mean, we just talked about how like Volk might as well fight for the belt if it, if it wasn't going to be Oliveira. Turns out it is Oliveira. Kind of. I know we. Are, I'm sick of watching the same three people fight for the belt, but it's kind of hard not to get yeah. the winner title fight if they win this. I mean, I I do think that is kind of potential issue here is that you know both these guys have fought and, and lost for the belt somewhat recently um at least in memory um and i who j- who's just coming up in lightweight that was kind of making some noise didn't someone just uh, win that was like hard to deny i'm thinking i'm no. blanking though it goes Oliveira, oh, well, it was- Oliveira poirier gaethje dariush lost yeah. chandler fizave lost to gaethje Gamrot, Gamrot seven. I don't think Gamrot needs yeah. at least one more. Then it's yeah, maybe I'm mistaken. No, those those guys are coming. I mean, Grant Dawson's down there. They're all coming. It's just got to give him another fight. Okay. So you know, yeah. So I mean, it, it it makes sense. I mean, especially if Islam, Islam, who did Islam beat? Did Islam beat? He didn't beat Gaethje or Dustin, did he? He I beat. Think they I thought. Them. I thought he beat. You know, the, this isn't good, but I confused Islam wins with Habib wins. Like sure. especially this group of people, because uh, Habib beat both of them. Yeah, and, that's and what I gotta look kind now. of. The, so and I mean, all maybe, these guys avoided Islam is the thing. All these guys turned down fights right. with Islam. So I mean, if he Islam, didn't beat, he didn't, past, Islam hasn't beaten a lot of these dudes in the top five. Right. They just, so I mean, if if Islam beats Oliveira, it would be again like you know we'll say it's a fresh matchup, but we saw him fight Habib, and I think we kind of do. You know what? Those and two after guys. he beats, let's see, let's see when Volkanovski fights fucking you know Toporia. Maybe mm. we do end up doing that fight again. You know, I look, I don't want to deny Dustin Borea or Dustin Gaethje. They're becoming full UFC champions. They were both interim champions. Right. But I just don't know how well this is going to go for you, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, my, I, I do agree with you, but I could I easily see whoever wins this fight getting that BMF belt and being like, hey, this was nice and great and fun. But like, I want the real gold dog. Like, because th- these two guys are gonna, you know, after after a win like this, are gonna be like, yeah, I want, I want a championship fight, Just a real one. Like, this was nice and fun. Frankly. Well, I mean, that's you, you, the, you know, Dustin. That's by the way, this is uh, Michael Chandler's got six days to get this thing built. That's, because that's if I'm true, if I'm Conor McGregor, 
both of these, I mean, I'm not sure about Justin for sure, but him and Dustin Four is the most money he's going to make without the name Diaz on the other end of it. I mean, if if Gaethje wins, that would be really impressive because he would have beaten Dustin who beat Connor. But like a Gaethje Connor fight, I think does really well. And I think stylistically, Connor matches up with him a little bit better too because Gaethje's just so hittable. I mean, I think Michael, way, I like, think it matches yeah. well with with Michael Chandler too. I think either one true, of those is good. True. Not fighting Dustin Poirier, man. Not that he. I don't know, man. I thought he was looking pretty good in the Dustin Poirier fights before he wasn't. So I mean, he's also two hundred pounds now. So yeah. Anyway, let's see. Um, co-main event: Alex Pereira. It's fucking huge, man. He's so big, and he just can't make middleweight. So he's going up to fight Jan Blahovich. Obviously, um, what this fight means changed when we found out the light heavyweight champion uh, tore all his shit, you know, to put it, you know, in medical terms, getting his Mm -hmm. Achilles ruptured. Uh, We both kind of thought they might throw in a title on this thing. I think it's more obvious now the winner of this is probably fighting Yuri for the belt, I'd imagine. Or, you know, the winner gets hurt and the UFC's got a schedule and they just pick a motherfucker to fight Yuri instead. Don't discount that possibility. Uh, betting odds for this one is uh, Blahovich minus 120, Pereira minus 110. Mike's got Jan. Correct. Yep. Yeah, I do too. I, 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 I think Jan is undervalued at all times, to be honest. You going to give him another middleweight? Former middleweight champion that he's he does one with work t- worst takedown defense. Sure, he's bigger. Alex's takedown defense sucks. Like it, I mean, it might have changed, but up until this point, Mark, it has sucked. Right, like he got taken down. Maybe did, got taken did, down did, by he Adesanya. Down the, did he get taken down in the second? Did fight? he get? Did remember. he try to take him down in the second fight? I we were at a hood slam. I don't, I don't think remember. he did. <laughs> I, I I honestly in the first fight. There was a couple takedowns, and a couple of them were Alex messing up takedowns. Like he went for a takedown yeah. and botched it. So like I, and then there were sometimes I thought he did a decent, but it was against Izzy. No, right? it wasn't against someone like Jan. In the second fight, yeah, I didn't think there was. Um, but yeah, I think that's a big factor in this fight. That's my logic. I mean, I saw Jan get on. I mean, Jan is not an idiot. Jan knows he's not necessarily Conor McGregor selling pay per views. Jan knows he's one win away from fighting for that belt again. Mm-hmm. Go win, Jan. Get on top of him, he'll gas out and give you his neck. If you get off, give him two round, give me six minutes of him being on top of Alex. Yawn finishes the fight. That's my. Uh, then again, if he can't get him down, he gets knocked in the next Tuesday. Okay, fucking awesome. Because I want to see Alex versus Yuri more. But I'm going with Yawn here. Joining Mike. You? Yeah, s- same reasoning. It, it really is just like I feel like he's a w- more well-rounded fighter. He should be able to to take this fight to the ground, even though you know it's not necessary. I mean, look, he has big powerful hands i don't think he's really going to want to test that with alex i think he's going to want to get in close initiate clinches make him work up against the cage hopefully drag him to the ground make him work off the bottom move around a lot you know make him just exert a lot of that energy make him feel the weight um tire him out and yeah find a sub for him but you know and like you said bobby at the end of the day if alex is able to pull it off huge win it solidifies himself at 205 and then we can get like a potentially more 
compelling matchup man, with because I think really Yuri Alex might. put the belt on the line for this one. We could have had a man win two belts while knowing zero grappling. It would have been wild in 2023. Okay, <laughs> two different weight classes. All right, two maybe. Um, yeah, we're all in agreement on this one. Um, that's a fun fight though. I think. I mean, look, it may not be fun when Yon gets on top of him, but it'd be cool to watch someone get beat up. So, right on. He's six four. How the fuck was Alex making one eighty five? He's so big. Uh, Wonder Point Thompson, um, 40 years old, the Wonder Man, uh, taking on Michelle Pereira. Um, Pereira's on a roll, man. Ever since everybody was like, what the fuck is your, are you doing? Uh, what is this stupid-ass shit you are doing? Um, since then, five straight. Less stupid shit. Less fun, too, to be honest. Wonder Boy Thompson... Um, Got a win over Kevin Holland. Um, Kevin Holland broke his hands, I think, in the middle two there. It wasn't going so well. Um, good fight, though. Uh, Wonderboy's 40 years old. Betting odds for this one is minus 165 to plus 140 for Pereira. What's Mike picking? Uh, Mike Scott. Oh, hold on. I'm trying to do favorites and pick oh. <laughs> this thing. So uh, he's picking Wonder Boy. Yeah, I'm going Wonder Boy hey, too. So wait, I, I'm not. Who, who's the favorite though? Well, Wonder you Boy. just said numbers. And he's, okay, Wonder Boy. I got <laughs> Wonder Boy also because he's a favorite. I don't like this one a lot though. Um, but I do think Michelle doesn't still is a little bit wild is wild enough that he leaves an opening to someone like Wonder Boy. He'll hit him. Wonder Boy is not going to miss. You know, if you give him an opening, and I think that's. That's what I'm going with here. Um, Pereira has to get on his horse, though, man. Throw unorthodox, unorthodox shit while not getting hit back. So, if you don't dictate pace with Wonder Boy, you're going to lose. You can't let him dictate the pace. So, Wonder Boy for me. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm going with Wonder Boy, too. Um, I do think Per has gotten a little bit, you know, trying to maintain the energy level, not overexert himself. But, again, like when you say, like, oh, he needs to throw crazy shit like that's kind of where thompson excels and, and has a better gauge of the distance that he needs to have for these kind of techniques with the spinning techniques and his push kicks and his karate style really dictates a lot off the spacing and the footing and being able to navigate that that kind of negative space so i feel like it's going to be hard for Pereira, who sometimes could get a little wild and if guys don't know like okay he's jumping at me he's going to be able to cover a lot of distance you know, where are my exits? Where am I going to be safe at? I think Thompson's a little better at that, but you know, in the heat of battle, anything could happen, especially when you're throwing unorthodox strikes where they both are. Right. Um, so I, I do feel Thompson, especially if Pereira in his most recent fights has been a little bit more tactical. I do feel like that's where Thompson kind of excels is where like, like you said, he can dictate the pace. There's a lot of, you know, fainting and a lot of that kind of point style karate taekwondo stuff going on. I think that is where he feels most natural at. And maybe Pereira at some point will have to kind of sell out and get a little crazy to create the chaos to try to find those openings. Um, on the other hand, too, Thompson's getting up there. Like he's, I think, 40 or plus 40 now. So it's like, at what point do some of those skill sets that he has start to diminish, right? Where is it where his footwork isn't quite as quick or his reflexes aren't quite as quick against someone who is very explosive like Pereira? So you could see something crazy happening. But again, it just seems like the smart pick would be Thompson. So I'm going with Thompson as well. We're all on the same side so far with these. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to stay the same, though, as we go farther down this thing. A lot of close betting lines, though. Not this one. Um, Tony Ferguson, Bobby Green. 
Um, last time we saw Bobby Green, he took a fight on... Oh, he got the, head, the headbutt thing where he gave Jared Gordon a concussion. And nobody at the UFC checked. Remember that one? That was fun. Um, before that, he took... Uh, he got knocked out by Drew Dober. Before that, Islam Mahachev. Uh, we had a fun stretch with Bobby Green, but the wheels have fallen off a little bit here. Um, the 36-year-old from San Bernardino, California. I just like that he's this active, man. Like, Bobby's fighting a lot. Yep. Remember how little he was fighting back when, like, we were waving the Bobby Green flag back in, like, 16 and 14, 15 and 16? Like, mm-hmm. he's been in the UFC for a minute now. Been in the UFC for 10 years. That strike force purchase, longer than I thought it was. Uh, last time we saw Tony Ferguson was on the news when he flipped his car, got a DUI in Hollywood. In Hollywood. He's lost five straight. Um, big favorite for... Um, Mr. Green, minus 375. I don't think Bobby Green's been a minus 375 favorite over every, anybody since he was... I'm going ever. Ever. It's a big favorite. Uh, Tony's mm-hmm. done. I don't know what we're doing. This is not the solution to a man who got a DUI in May. It'd be cool if somebody did something about this. But I got Bobby Green. Mike's got Tony, right? Uh, hold on. I got to find him. Jumping back and forth. Uh, uh, he, he's got a green. No, uh, we all got green. Mike also. Mike read about the DUI too. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you, you got you got Bobby uh, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, and, and there is still a part of me that just thinks you know it did doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Like yeah, this would this be hilarious to pick this right now. If it was like three years ago, four years ago, we'd be like, what? You're picking Bobby Green over Tony Ferguson, but. Still, even then, would have been a compelling fight stylistically. Um, just what Tony, how he's who he's fought, how he's gotten finished to. And again, you, I can look at his his losses here and be like, these are still pretty good guys. I mean, I think like when you look at the guys he lost to, you look at like Nate Diaz is probably like the least talented guy, or maybe like the least accredited guy that he's lost to recently. Not looking at his record right now, but like you know, he's been fighting and losing against really top guys, and like is Bobby Green of that echelon not quite but it, it is hard to pick you know tony doing something here especially with outside factors as well um it should be a fun fight though i'm still excited for it. i think stylistically it's going to be really interesting both these guys like using their hands um they're both really good grapplers i think it's going to be a good one but it is tough to see tony getting it done here just with how his chin's gone bro what's going on that chin i mean you gone. saw you saw the the front kick from chandler was that's was what ended really it. Yeah, yeah. it's really rough. Um, Michael Chiesa, Kevin Holland. This one's real interesting, man. This one's really, really interesting. We haven't seen uh, Chiesa since November 2021. Lost to Sean Brady. Kind of got a... Sean Brady kind of wore him like a hat. That was pretty one-sided, if I remember correctly. Then he had like a spine injury. Um, he wasn't gonna come back. He was gonna come back in April. Then he had a, sp- a spine injury, and then he's back in July now. Uh, Kevin Holland, on the other hand, uh, bounced back from the Kamzat and Wonderboy fights to knock out Ponzinibbio back in April. Have no memory of this, not at all. I vaguely remember him winning. <laughs> oh, we were at Hoodslam for this one. This was Eddie Adesanya, Adesanya and Pereira too. That's why I missed most of this. Um. Yeah, betting odds for this one. I believe Kiesa's the favorite, maybe. Um, no, he's not. 
Kevin Holland minus 145 to Kiesa's plus 125. Mike's got Kiesa. I do not. I got Kevin Holland. It's true. I got Kevin Holland getting his done here, man. I just I do too. I don't like this. I don't think this is I think this is gonna be one of those ones where Michael Kiesa realizes how big some of these motherfuckers are at welterweight. Like Kevin Holland's a big guy for welterweight. Be like he's six foot three. That's a big ass welterweight, mm-hmm. man. He's fought at middleweight too. So yeah, I got Kevin Holland. I like I think his skill set matches up well with Kiesa. What about you? Yeah, no, I'm of I'm of the same ilk. I I think it's gonna I, again. I think throughout this card, even though we did end up picking a lot of the same fights, I do, I do think a lot of these fights are really close. I do think this is a close fight because I think on the feet, I, I like Kevin Holland a little bit more. I think he's a little heavy heavy handed. Um, on the ground though, Kiesa's really good. You know, especially if he gets that back control, he's a master of it. Um, has a ton of submissions, but you know. It don't Kevin Holland really knows his ground game too. You know, obviously if he gives up his back, it's going to be a really dangerous thing. But I do feel like he's going to be well suited enough to hopefully not get in those positions. I think he's going to be big enough to maybe negate some of the takedown and be on top. It's going to be a close fight. I think it, it potentially could go to decision. Um, but I, I just I just like Kevin a little bit more in this one. But again, I, I, kind of a flip on what was the odds on this one? Was it close? Minus 145 for Kevin to plus 125 for Kiesa. So quite close. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, I think it's good. Kevin's such a wild card, man. There's some fights where I'm like, oh man, this guy puts it together. He'll be, you know, fighting top five right. guys. And then there's other fights where I'm like, why is his head up his ass? Like, what are we doing? Um, Derek Lewis, Marcus Rogerio de Lima. Betting odds for this one. Uh, did I close this? Did I really close it? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. Um, minus 180 for DeLima. Plus 155 for Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis has lost three straight. Um, the last two in the first round. These aren't easy fights, these three straight losses. Uh, four or five overall. Um, gone in the title fight. Um, in Houston. Got beat up for three rounds. Chris Dalkus. Uh, where Derek bro- broke the where UFC record for most knockout wins and the It's Amazing record for me winning my third championship. Shout out Derek Lewis, you know me winning that one. Um, Ty Tuivasa got elbowed in the second round. Sergey Pavlovich got finished th- a minute into the fight. Sergey Spivak got finished three minutes into the fight. Um, Delima's real hit and list miss man. He's not young. He's twenty one and eight overall, but he's won back to back fights. Um, overall, won four or five in the UFC. Um, win one, lose one, win one, lose one type of guy. Um, I don't like picking against Derek Lewis. Mike picked Derek Lewis to win, though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I'm gonna feel bad about myself when he uh, if Derek Lewis pulls this off, but I, I, I think I'm done here, man. I think, I think, man, his back has been bad, bad for a long time. He's this has gone as far as it's gonna go with him. I think he recognizes that, but they pay him a lot of money. So we're gonna keep doing this thing. He's gonna get some wins. He's gonna get some losses. But I, you know, it's no longer Derek Lewis beats everybody who's not a contender. You know what I mean? We're past that point. So I got Delima getting it done here. What about you? Yeah, I'm going with Delima too. Um, it, it is one of these fights with with Derek that like this 
he could easily win this fight. He's going to be much bigger than his opponent. Um, he's going to have that weight advantage. He obviously has heavy hands. You know, he's a dangerous fighter. Uh, Delima's pretty big, it, just by the way. He like, used to fight at, I think he used to fight at uh, light heavyweight, though. He's, he weighed in at 265. Well, he gained some pounds there. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it was catch weight. Um, yeah, because I thought he's, he fought OSP, but maybe that was it, heavyweight? No, he fought, at, two, he fought at 210 back in, uh, he was fighting in UFC at 205, but now he's just a big boy. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough. You know, if, if Delima had, you know, more submissions on his record, too, and was really, that was more of his avenue, maybe I'd feel a little bit more comfortable. They're going to swing. I think, you know, Delima's going to be able, if he's smart, take him to the ground and, you know, try to utilize that. It's not always easy to do with Derek, but yeah, kind of betting against Derek instead of for Delima, which I never feel positive about, you know, when I pick a, someone to win i like to think of the, the ways they're going to win and and that is a sound strategy and that you know there's there's minimal ways they're going to lose there's lots of ways that they think they can succeed and, and in this fight it does seem like you know with Derek, he can always pull out you know a big punch and given how he performs you know he he's never been on a losing streak quite like this so is he going to be super motivated or is he going to be kind of deflated and kind of feel like this is the end of the road we'll see come saturday but um yeah i'm going with Dilema on this one um all right uh, that's all we're picking those six fights there's some other good stuff on this one man i i'm not sure how much you've paid attention to any of the bone theme guys um but gabriel's 14 and 0 um i forgot his brother's name but he's also pretty damn good um that fight with trevin giles that's i mean it's gonna be hard to miss if you're watching the Derek lewis one that happens right before it I would definitely tune in for the for the main event of the prelims with Gabriel Bonfim because he's 25 years old. He's fighting at 170 pounds. That weight class has a never-ending supply of good people, though, man. Never-ending supply. Um, that's worth checking out. Um, Roman Kopilov, uh, Claudio Ribeiro is not a bad fight. Jake Matthews, man. Uh, Jake Matthews, kind of an idiot. Uh, people said to you, he said the UFC fighters make a lot of money and showed a picture of his two Mercedes, and everybody said. Jake, you're a fucking idiot. Get rid of someone. Get rid of your. Oh, I was gonna say Twitter account, but it's not called Twitter anymore. Um, his <laughs> yeah. X account. X. It's like the old exhibit song. Good God. Look it up, kids. Good song. Um, but yeah, I think there's some interesting stuff on this card. And as I was mean to her at the beginning, let me just say it again. Uh, Priscilla Casuera. You know what? She's won two in a row. I should take it back. I just don't think she's very good. Your curtain jerk in the pay-per-view. It's normally not a good sign. Um, but yeah, the UFC putting an effort in this week. Um, and then next week, tr- put a half, put an effort into the main event. Um, and then one guy got hurt. But we'll talk about that next week. Um, but yeah, Mark, what do you think, man? It's a pretty good card. Oh, it's fantastic. This is a good pay-per-view card. I mean, look, there's no real title on the line and you know, i would like this to end somehow i think if if showtime wants to wait so i don't have to watch two things at the same time you know if maybe the ufc wants to start an hour earlier i'd appreciate that too i'd like to watch errol spence fight terrence crawford man i like watching high level boxing it's mm-hmm. it's it's good stuff even if it goes like a while i i don't know i i, I don't i know we like mma more but man i want like high level shit in boxing it's good to see man and i would like to watch the best of the best fight. So, you know, I'd like to be cool if that happened. By the way, per Ariel, they're expecting the main event to be roughly at 5 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow morning. So this might be doable, my friend. Oh. <laughs> might be oh, doable. For, for Inouye? Yeah. 5 a.m.? 5 a.m. is what he says. Okay. That well, might be doable. I mean, I, 
usually wake up a little later than that. I was going to say, I'm I, normally up, good, I'm, I normally get up at like at 5.45, but I'm like, eh, I might set a little alarm. There's, there's a good chance that I might just already be up. So we'll, we'll see and I'll check it out. Um, Live. All right. <laughs> um, before we do stuff we like, making sure there's nothing else we wanted to, uh, that we missed or anything like that. Um, checking that. That that Bellator Ryzen card I checked Ooh, out looks pretty cool. you should look at that real quickly. I mean, it's it. weird. It's AJ McKee and Pitbull, which is not really... It's, it's not that Bellator pitbull, though, Bellator. It? It's the other Pitbull, too. It's Patricky. It's the less good Pitbull. It's the good one. No, Patricio is the good one? a good one. This is the oh, this boy. is the this is the lightweight quarterfinal. Okay. The end game of this tournament is they want AJ to fight um, Umar. I always mix up which ones in Bellator: Umar or Usman. One of those two, okay. the champion. They put them on opposite ends of the tournament. That's the end game they're hoping okay. for. I mean, I'll say this: like this card is like you know for a Bellator versus Ryzen. It's kind of interesting. It doesn't, you know, blow my socks off. Let me up. tell but you, what man. I do like is Sabatello, who only knows how to wrestle. They gave him a double Magomed to fight. I know how well <laughs> that's going to go, bro. <laughs> I mostly, I'm mostly interested in this because it's in the rising rule set where they're going to have soccer kicks and stomps. And it's just cool to see these guys fighting in a ring, fighting in a different rule set. I kind of like mixing it up that way. It just reminds me of the old school days where it was like, yeah, like, there's different organizations and it has like yeah, a different feel. So and one has to the, it, so. one has a better rule set than everybody, I think, personally. But I mean, I, I like I like run. I mean, look, every week there's a one card and I'll watch the highlights. I'm like, this stuff's really good. This is good fun. Yeah, like, but whether it's product, a Muay Thai man. card, whether it's Muay Thai or a mix, it's like those guys go hard. So like, if you're just looking for like pure, do you see apologies, but do you see Andre Koreshkov versus Lorenz Larkin just sitting on this card randomly? Like, yeah, it's like the curtain jerker. For that the, is the main. That's a good one, man. That's yeah. a real good one. So yeah, so it, it looks kind of interesting. It's maybe checking it out. Yeah, uh, I mean, how I don't know. How don't know what to watch this play on. It's on TV Showtime. Oh, oh, don't, on t- Showtime. don't tell me. Don't tell me the fucking tape delay time, MMA junkie. Fuck you. That's not how we do things. Even Showtime doesn't want to want you to watch this at eight p.m. Pacific on Saturday. They want you to watch Crawford and Spence. Like what? What are we doing? Yeah, weird. That's not a real thing. Um, all right, we can do stuff we like, and then uh, call it a day. Um, mm-hmm. Mine is the movie The Flash. I had nice. a real good time watching this, man. Is it just called The Flash? There's no Flashpoint, whatever. No, but is let me tell you, the Flash. There's a lot of stuff happening in this movie at times, and at the point, I'm just mm-hmm. like, I didn't really look at it the way a lot of people like the way the fucking internet looks at every one of these comic movies where they're like. Yo, I better not see a fucking plot hole anywhere. I'm sure there was one, especially when you're doing time travel. Um, it was cool to see some. I I was watching like I watched the Flash TV show up to a certain point. I don't know if it's still going or not. Um, but I had a good time watching that show. I like the Flash in general. I know <laughs> Stefan is not on the show today. Stefan loves the Flash. He says it's one of his favorite characters. Um. I don't have that kind of reverence for it. I'm mostly comparing it to a CW show. So I'm talking, maybe me and my girlfriend are watching it and I'm telling her like, oh, I think this is that and this is that. And I'm just like, man, I hope this is the same in every iteration. Like, I know the basic story, man. His fucking folks, is, his, they, they think his dad killed his mom. Right? That's pretty much every Flash story. Um, I like the kid. Uh, in the, I think he's a fine Barry Allen. Um, but I also don't know what Barry Allen's supposed to be like. He kind of plays him like a nerdy, you know, and I guess that's not necessarily how he is in a lot of the mm-hmm. comics, but whatever, man. You know, I just got him. We had emo Batman with Robert Pattinson. It was fine. 
You know, you get different versions of dudes. Um, there's a lot of fan service for people our age, I feel. Um, people who remember seeing the original. I mean, this part's not a spoiler. Michael Keaton's in this fucking movie playing Batman. Right. Made me so happy. Like, so happy. I That's Batman. Still. You know what I mean? Like, that's... I don't know, man. For me, he's Batman. Like, I think, like, a lot of people with the first version, it's like... A lot of times, like, when you got these roles that different people play, I think a lot of times the version you saw first or, like, the version you saw as a kid and, like, stuck... It's like... Sure. Like, Pierce Brosnan is the James Bond to me. I recognize Daniel Craig's a good James Bond. Sean Cannery was original, that. But for me, Pierce Brosnan is my James Bond. Michael Keaton's my Batman. You know, still. Like, that's Batman mm-hmm. to me. Objectively, the Christian Bale movies, fucking better, right? Like, not even close. Like, excellent, right? Still, he's Batman. You know, so is Kevin Conroy. But, st- you know, that guy's Batman. So that was really cool. Um,. A lot of, you know, you know, the Flash, the Flash fucking up the timeline. It's basic premise of these movies. They're running too fast. Yeah, a lot of stuff happening there. A lot of fun shit went on in this one. Um, there's a reference that I don't know how in the we. I think you have to. I really want you to watch this movie, Mark. Just put that out there. Um, there's a real specific, a few references, especially the last like 15 minutes of the movie that I'm just like, not a lot of people I think will appreciate on the level that you and me do it's kind of some of it's real like okay i don't know um in the weeds type shit it's i don't i don't know how to say it without giving it away um but i don't know still if this movie is part of everything else or not part of anything else and i'm like you know there this is this is the same universe as the henry cavill superman but isn't henry cavill gone and isn't fucking like is Gal Gadot still doing these movies? Where the is fucking Jason? I don't know what DC situation is. I feel every fucking six months I see a different DC movie with a different version of people playing these characters. And I decided I'm kind of okay with that. I don't care. Sure. I don't need an overarching fucking universe. I get the point of the overarching universe. It's like people who are really into the comics and these things really get into it. And like it's easier to sell, I think, when you're like, oh, well, you saw these and you know the story continues, you know, you got to buy tickets to this one. I'm okay if you're like, hey, man, this is a fucking Flash movie. Let's go. Like, you know, and then we're going to have a different movie in like a year and maybe a different guy's Flash in that one. That's fine with me, too. No problem. Chances are we're going to have a different Flash. Um, This guy's a crazy person. I thought it was a fun movie. I think I got like a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, maybe less, 6 out of 10. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's fine. It's a good time. Um, so yeah, that was that's what I got this week. The Flash, which I rent, I rent. No, okay, I watched it some way. Um, you saw it? I saw it. It was on my it's TV. Out there. Yeah. What you, buddy? Yeah, it's been a lot of the same stuff for the last week or so. Um, Game wise, I'm still working through Final Fantasy 16. which has been kind of an interesting game. I've talked about every week where it wasn't something I was super sold on initially and then i really liked it and i do find myself now getting towards you know the the third act here kind of like just wanting to wrap it up at this point but finding it hard to maybe start sometimes because i at the at this point the combat kind of is what it is the story beats have really started to just kind of hit the same thing where it's like you do x you do y you do z you finish this big kind of chunk of the story and then you kind of go through the the motions again and i do wish they would kind of 
some of the side missions and stuff, I still feel compelled to do them, but they're not very like narratively impactful as you know, in the beginning, it was kind of like, okay, I'll just do whatever. And at this point I want them to kind of ramp it out up and have it be more, have a little bit more stakes and like even the side stuff I'm doing. And a lot of it just seems very trivial. Um, so it does, I'm in, kind of finding it to be a little bit of a chore to kind of get through, but I'm still, the overarching story has been really good. Um, I mean, it is very cutscene heavy and very na- narrative heavy, um, but it's still compelling and I still want to see it through and kind of see how it finishes. So I'm going to continue to go through it and, and wrap it up probably in the next couple weeks or so. Um, outside of that, we have been watching Mandalorian season three and I've really been enjoying that show. Um, I did kind of take a break from the Star Wars stuff. I still haven't watched Andor, which everyone says is the best Star Wars miniseries they've done. Um, so I'm, I'm still interested in watching that. Um, but, you know, I skipped that. I skipped Mando. I haven't watched any Secret... Is it Secret War? The Nick Fury one? I, and I still want to... I watched 10 and, minutes and watch- of that. Not that it got bad. I just got started doing something else and I forgot. I was enjoying 10 minutes, so it yeah. was fun. So, I mean... It was one of these things. I was like, yeah, I thought I'd like man. And I started watching it, and now I'm really in. It's like I, that that show. I think what it does really well is like each episode. It, there there is a little bit more of like a a longer arc that it's kind of going through, but a lot of it is centralized to like this week we're doing this, we're solving this mystery, we're fighting this guy, or we're discovering this thing. It's like a, it's a very kind of like this week's episode is going to be about this one thing, and it's mostly about that. And then there is some threads that kind of tie along to like a, a larger narrative. But it does just like like it always has since they first started the show. It kind of reminds me of like a video game where it's like, here's the mission we're doing this week. And, you know, this is the thing we get from it or the, the you know, the new story beat that we learn or the new piece of armor that we get. And I find that really satisfying. It just makes it very digestible. And I've been wanting to watch the rest of, you know, whatever happens in the next one. So it's kind of revitalized my passion for the Disney shows because it, it really was this thing after Obi-Wan. I was just like, I didn't feel burned, but it just felt like. I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't click with me. It didn't really excite me, and then I just kind of skipped it all. So Man, people, me- back people now, memed that Obi Wan show into existence. Yeah, like, I, and I think for a different generation, that character, you know, really meant a lot. You know, people that grew up, like you said, Bobby, like when you grow up with something, the nostalgia is strong, and and I think you see that as your Obi Wan. So when people grow up with like the Phantom Menace and stuff, you know, they really wanted to see that character come back. Um, you know, I and we weren't of that ilk. So I was kind of like, okay, everyone's excited for this. Let's, you know, let's give it a shot. And I watched it and it wasn't terrible or anything. It just didn't really do much for me at the end of the day. And then it kind of just made me think like, eh, you know, maybe this next show, I'll just kind of wait until it's done and binge it later. And a couple shows went by and you kind of just forget about it. But now that I'm back into Mando, we're going to finish that. That's been great. I think we got a couple episodes on that. And then I want to go into Andor after that and then watch Secret Wars. Cause I, and, and like the Marvel shows, I've enjoyed all those shows. You know, there's been some that haven't been quite as good but like i loved miss marvel i loved a lot of the stuff i was looking forward to watching secret war and it was one of these things when it started it was like well yeah maybe i'll wait a few weeks and have a couple episodes to watch i'm not doing the week by week thing um and i don't know if it's ended yet or it's getting close but i think it's wrapping up soon so um by the time i finish mando and endor i'll be ready for that and you know and it does seem at this point now and obviously with the strikes going on and just i think secret war has done very poorly for disney that they're starting to re-evaluate you know how many of these shows are they going to do how much money they're going to put into the budget you know maybe space did you buy that a little bit more by what did you buy him saying that um i mean that's just what i they, mean i mean, I mean it, he said that sounds like in reference to when people were talking about like the strike and stuff i wonder if it's him just like posturing oh, just like it, people you know people say a lot of things right now 
Just putting that out there. Yeah. I mean, I think it probably doesn't hurt his case that, like, when this stuff is happening, one of the shows that has a big star, it has Samuel L. Jackson in it, right, um, is not doing very well. And I do feel like it might have been – that might be more oversaturation. Um, and I think, too, like like you said, Bob, like, the Marvel stuff just hasn't quite – especially with, like, the movie stuff. And I haven't seen Guardian. I'm still waiting. I think Guardians is coming out this coming weekend on Disney+. Plus. So I'll finally watch it there. Um, but, like, Ant-Man didn't really do much. There's a lot of these – this last phase has just been a little topsy-turvy. And I but think there's it's a lot of content. Not, You're right. There's, there's a lot, a lot of, content. of content. And kind of like you were saying, I think I think for DC, it's totally fine for them to be like, you know what? Because it's almost like we talk about MMA. Sometimes it's not best to follow the leader and try to replicate what they do and do your own thing. So I think for DC, if they want to have more standalone things, I think that might be a stronger suit for them. I think Marvel has really built a fan base where it's like, yes, we have these big overarching stories. They connect. And then this last phase, they haven't really connected much, and it has just kind of been standalone stuff, and it just hasn't felt as strong, and you haven't felt that continuity with like it being in the same universe. Um, so I feel like that's kind of hurt hurt it a little bit. Uh, and now it's just like there's lots of weird stuff going on. It doesn't feel like everyone's really coming together. We're not seeing all these new characters interact with each other, and I think that's kind of what made the first couple phases work was – we had these things that were individualized, then they came together, and then we always heard little bits and pieces, and it felt like there was some continuity, and it doesn't quite feel like that necessarily. I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a weird time. The novelty's kind of gone away a little bit. There's yeah. a formula to how these movies go. It feels like there's a certain tone. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, and it's like, we, they're beat, good. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, but I don't know. They don't really try shit. Yeah. Feels, I, thought, like, been, I thought they really tried some shit with WandaVision, actually. They really tried some sure. shit. But a lot of it was just like, we're going to do A, B, C, and D. You know? Yeah. I mean, D, there's, DC, there's DC's th throwing shit against the wall. So sometimes they do stuff like, we're going to have a three and a half hour Batman yeah. movie. And you're like, fucking okay. And it works. No, other time, mean, but other times you just go, we're going to have to rock play Black Adam. And the people are like, fucking nope. Like, they're trying some shit. So. Yeah. Mm. And it'll be interesting to see what James Gunn does. It'll be interesting to see when they have someone at the helm that's really like, okay, we're going to. We're gonna try to mold the thing, and, and but like you, Bob, it's also at this point, it's like, well, where does where does the stuff that's coming out now fit into that? Like, should I even be invested in this stuff, or just come along for the ride? So I don't know. We'll see. It's yeah, an interesting time. Just let me. I did for Marvel. They just gotta let me know: is Jonathan Majors have a job or not? Or are we just burying the entire cost of the Batman three? Because I, I don't. I don't need to put two and a half hours of my life away. To, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, you didn't like it. I wouldn't even worry about. It. I, I enjoyed Ant Man. I liked I the it first two fine, a lot, but Actually, it was it I was Louis weird. Pena. I got Michael. Oh well, yeah, he's so not in this at all. Yeah. It it, yeah. it goes in a different place. Yeah. Yeah, teen angst. It's great. Yeah. Um, watch the Flash sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, we're gonna be back next week. Well, I will be with Mike, and we're gonna have a special guest next week. I really yeah, I, we actually, taking the time to preview what's coming next week, and then if it doesn't come through, I'm gonna be like, well, that's the last time I do that. Um, we're gonna see who the new no. We're, we're gonna see who's probably the next contender for the lightweight championship okay potentially we're yeah. gonna see probably the, the guy fighting yuri prohaska for uh the light heavyweight championship in the co-main event we're gonna see uh you know if the nicest motherfucker in the world is you know gonna get a victory we're gonna see Derek lewis got anything left we're gonna see kevin holland you know can bounce back you know well not bounce back you see if michael chiesa can come back after two years of not fighting a lot of answer questions will be answered this weekend until then I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. We see y'all next week. Peace out. See ya. Yo, we did not say what day it is. Mm, I
I don't know what holiday it is. Like 25th or 24th. I don't know why Mike talked about the 24th. No one cares. It is. Here we go. National Hot Fudge Sunday Day. National Wine and Cheese Day. It's a heavy dairy day. National. Yeah, I was going to say. This is is Fart Central. Um, And then National Merry Go Around Day. You do these three things, it will end horribly for you. (laughs) Pick one. Really go for it. Is that for the 25th? That's for the 25th. Okay, nice. There you go, guys. Theme song ended. Bye, everybody.